Silencer Central. Folks, if you want to learn something new right alongside me, check it out at SilencerCentral.com. I've never put a suppressor on any of my weapons, but I'm going to start now. And I'm using Silencer Central to help get me started because they walk you through the whole process. To include, you can ship the rifle to them, they'll thread it, they'll put it on, and they will ship it back. And you can make payments on the whole thing while you wait for all the licensing to get approved, which they take care of for you. It's a great process, and it's a great company, American manufacturer, right there in South Dakota, and we are really excited to be partnering with them. So check it out at silencercentral.com or give them a call at 888-781-8778 and let them know that you heard it on the Western Huntsman. Hoffman Boots is my go-to boot i love the explorers in the eight inch and they've got the vibram sole totally waterproof no break-in period they just glue your feet to the mountain you can't ask for more out of a boot and you don't have to break the bank to get a pair so check it out at hoffmanboots.com again another american company uh, local north idaho friend of mine who runs this company decided to make some great hunting boots for all people that are serious about getting into the backcountry to chase elk and deer and bear and everything else out there so check it out at hoppinboots.com use promo code all caps lock huntsman 10 at checkout to save you 10 percent there exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away and we won't stand for it Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tine Studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. Uh, I have got somebody on the line. I've been, um, I don't want to say, I'm, I, I, well, I will, I'll say it. I'm, a, I'm kind of a fanboy. I've been following along with him for a long time. Uh, he's somebody that I, I've, uh, I've looked up to for a long time in terms of uh, j- just overall archery hunting, uh, getting out there, uh, keeping your body healthy, keeping, uh, keeping motivated to do this thing that we do. And uh, he is the one and only Aaron Snyder. How you doing, brother? Uh, doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming from my end just because, uh, again, it's, it's, it's actually kind of crazy thinking about I've got Aaron Snyder on my show, man. <laughs> it's so. not that cool, I promise, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, was, I was hoping I, I was, I've got all sorts of topics I'd, I'd love to chat with you about, but um, one thing I'm super curious about, uh, this move to Wyoming, that, that was a big step, man. Um, what, what kind of motivated you to pick up? you know, stakes and, and, and leave Colorado and head up to Wyoming? Well, I mean, number one, Colorado sucks now. And I, you know, I say that like, obviously I have amazing memories 
in Colorado, met my wife in Colorado. I've done cool, cool stuff, but it, it's changed over time. So yeah, it's a lot more liberal, you know, basically. And, you know, I don't get into the political stuff too much as, you know, vote for who you want. But for me, I like guns. Uh, I like alcohol. I like to do what I want to do. Uh, yeah. I don't get yelled at by someone cause I'm not wearing a mask, shit like that. So, you know, we knew we were going to move. We looked at multiple different States. Um, you, you know, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, primarily, and, and actually some on the Western slopes, some, some spots in Colorado. So we, we actually were kind of warned up mostly from Ike kept giving me shit about not moving to Riverton, but we came up here and looked at it. We, we liked it. You know, obviously we live a little bit outside of town. Um, but it was more our speed, you know, people wave, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and people like guns and, uh, freedom. So that was, uh, that was a big, you know, obviously the hunting and fishing is amazing up here. Um, so, you know, that was the big, uh, big reason, better, better lifestyle. Yeah. I used to drive through Riverton all the time, man. Um, I, I miss, I, there's Wyoming and I've said this on the show before, Wyoming's always been a draw for me. Uh, just because it is like what you said, it's still it's still America, like Idaho. Uh, I love Idaho, but if I had to leave Idaho, Wyoming would be the next stop. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen, just because I'm pretty happy here in Idaho because it's it's a lot like that, you know. We we like our guns. Idaho and, is solid. Yeah, Idaho's a solid place. So, uh, and I get the best of both worlds, man. I live right on the border of Montana, so I can just pop over to Montana anytime. But. Um, it was Riverton or well, just like Wyoming in general, obviously you'd been into Wyoming several times or whatnot before you moved there. Is it what you thought it was at now that you've been there for how long have you been there now? Uh, about a year, um, probably better. Uh, you know, the only negative side actually happened, you know, today. And when I say negative side, there's always, you know, whatever little, you know, idiosyncrasies and shit. But, uh, somebody had told me today, that if I parked my truck at one of the trailheads, the outfitters might pop my tires. And uh, oh, really? I laughed at, at, well, who knows, right? I laughed at that because it's like, you know, those kind of things is like, hey, man, just tell me, like, hey, can you park a different truck there? You know, I get it. They're worried about their their areas. Um, that, that portion of it's kind of comical because it seems easier to me rather than popping someone's tires to come up and say, hey, don't park your your truck here you might screw up the area which makes total sense to me um but outfitters are very protective of their areas here as they they should be but overall a lot better than i had hoped you know today we went on a big loop me and dan columns got a bunch of videos and content for our new bino harness we were photographed everything from pheasants to bighorn sheep to buffalo you know we put a little you know we had to hike a bit to get some of the photos but just an amazing place and uh i i can't uh I don't want to get yelled at by the locals by, you know, saying how cool Wyoming is, but you know, there's downsides. There's fucking negative 45 and snowed five feet and wind. Um, you know, yeah, well, where we're at, the wind isn't quite as bad. And, uh, but you know, it gets cold, right? I mean, most mm -hmm. people aren't going to like four months of, you know, 10 to negative 20. Um, but you know, for, for us, man, yeah, we couldn't, could have asked for more. Yeah, I I, w I would not do what I'm doing now in Wyoming because of the winters. I which is we live in a fifth wheel right now until our house gets built, you know, um on on our bare land here. And we don't get that like extreme negative t we we got down to like negative 19 once this last winter, but it's not like Wyoming where it's just this consistent thing like you're living on the damn tundra. Um you, you know, and so everything would have froze up in our fifth wheel anyway. 
That I, you mentioned mm-hmm. that bino harness, dude. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. Can can you tell us a little bit about the bino harness? Yeah, I mean the the uh, the reality as far as coming out with it for many years, I I said I wouldn't do one. Um, I said I we you know the company. I had friends that built bino harnesses, and I didn't want to build. I didn't want to infringe on how they make a living. Um, over the last couple of years, it was very clear they did not mind infringing on how we made a living, meaning they. They started making a lot of the stuff that we make. Ah, and gotcha. so I, I wasn't mad, right? But capitalism business, I'm like, well, they seem to be cool with it. So I guess we're going to come out with a harness. And so uh, Bender's kind of the brainchild behind this. He's my chief designer. I gave him some parameters. He ran with it. You know, we worked on it four years ago, got to a point, And I'm like, man, I just, just don't want to do it. And then two years ago before the move, we were pretty hard and heavy. And then we moved. And then in the last six seven months we really took everything we've been working on for the last few years and then you know he went to went to town on it um we tried to keep it a secret for a while just to make sure we could do what we wanted to do with it right Mm -hmm. um there's always the parameters of weight right uh and cost you know those are the big ones and so i wanted one that um had two things one i wanted like a quick drop pocket or a cell pocket or or you know how it yes. is you're calling in a yes. bowl you're shitting your pants i don't want to try to put it in the side pocket while I'm, you know shaking and you know what i mean and or i want to i want to film and i'm like bender that it'd be cool if that pocket you could film out of it so you can actually turn your phone on and film out of that one pocket clear view right in front of oh, you so really? whether i'm tying a d loop on or you know i'm just filming um let's say i'm filming a blood trail um anything Right. Uh, or I'm just doing a time lapse around camp, set my tent up on wide angle. You can do whatever. So you can film off that pocket, but it's a quick drop pocket. So for me, you know how uh, you're caping an animal and uh, you got a bunch of extra if you use an interchangeable blade knife. You know, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. laying everywhere. You know, you can you could put those in that in their original package. You obviously drop calls in that your phone, your GPS, you, you whatever. Right. You can put a, 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 a 10,000 uh, MHZ battery pack in that and then run it to the front pocket we call the nav pocket and charge your phone up while you're walking um so we have a nav pocket that's with it the nav pocket if you can imagine you unzip it it drops down it's off your body at a 90 degree angle um and then you can watch like you know spartan forge on x whatever and you can nav off of it or you can put your gps in there your sat phone so there's a lot of options with it that were not offered before. The last thing I wanted to hear is some bullshit that we copied anybody, even though I've helped design multiple harnesses. So mm-hmm. he did, Bender did a really good job with that. So we, and you know, we also have an accessory pocket and a rangefinder pocket, which everybody does that. So. I'm freaking excited about that, man. That like bino harnesses have been the bane of my existence. Um, I, there's like they, they're always missing something for me. And I like this one uh, because of like you know every, I didn't know you could film out of it. By the way, that's that's super cool. When, when is it coming out, man? Uh, pre-sale starts May fifth, and then we'll be shipping. I don't know, not too too long after that. Uh, I don't think initially we'll keep up with demand. It, you know, is part of the problem with American-made, you know, true American-made manufacturing. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up with. So. And when and when I say true, like you know, we we're sewing these here at our at our office. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we should be able to, you know, get a large amount out. Um, you know, for, for me, like we'll probably have like anything, a gen two in a couple of years, but 
we worked really hard on this one to not have any um i don't know you want uh, oh shits right three months oh sure. this is breaking oh this whatever and, and i will say you know if you load that thing full and you put giant items on the left and right side your binos fit perfectly normally and then if you put stuff on the left and right side uh it'll get you know it takes away from circumference and so you know we looked at doing some different things to that potentially in the long run but for for me um and, and you know people who have tested it were like hey let's we like this we don't really want to add weight to it and so you know we'll see how it goes for a couple of years and go from there but we've worked pretty hard on this i'm i'm excited about it what i what i like about and obviously i've only seen it in that video on the kafaru instagram there and mm-hmm. it it looks like that strap is lower than everything else i've been running lately which that's the the, the one that goes around the back um what what what's been going on with me is i i wear a chest harness uh for for my pistol and yeah and it, it like it does one of two things either that strap gets in the way or it makes the bino harness so bulky that when i draw my bow uh, i get hung up in it and so uh that it, it looks like you've solved two problems from and i'm just a i'm a monkey with this shit man i'm like i'm not i'm not like a big time gear junkie um, I've got a lot of friends that are, uh, they're, they're like way into gear and, and whatnot. And I'm just not one of those guys. Uh, but I need things functional. And so a bino harness is just, like I said, I've just had a freaking problem with them. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to get this one. I want to like, I, I'm going to be watching. So you guys will like announce when it's pre-sale kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we will. And, and, you know, um, my dad and uh, actually it's more my grandpa used to always say one man's shit's another man's gold. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously we think this thing is, is, is good or better than anything on the market with the different options that we have. Um, and, and it kind of like our quiver, you know, a lot of people like our quiver. There's a few people that don't. Yeah. Uh, I think that if, you know, for, for how I operate out in the woods and I know a lot of people do the same thing, it will be very conducive to that type of hunting. Meaning if I'm on like, uh, you know, I'm doing mule deer stocks and I I'm surviving off what's in my bino harness. When I say survive, you know, I've got the normal shit in there. If anything goes downhill, I don't have a pack with me. Um, you know, my nav stuff's in there. I may need to film on my own, you know, my packs back where I left off. You've got all that. And then if you want to run Spartan, you pull that nav pocket off and it's very sleek, um, not in your way. Um, you know, for, something off the side of the road, more in and out hunting, like Alberta, South Dakota, you know, antelope, you know, you're not, you're not going to have, you're not going to potentially have to have 10 million different things on there. And you can still take the nav pocket off and fit the cell phone in the pack in that pocket you can film from. So again, we tried to make it as versatile as we possibly could. Huh? Yeah. That's going to be sweet, man. I'm let's see. I just pulled up. I'm back on uh, kafaru.net here. Because there was one of the packs I wanted to ask you about too. I need what? Well, what? What do you recommend? I don't. I don't want to make this like a big Kafaro commercial, but um, I, I need a day pack, man. That is like not every every day pack I've had has been pretty bulky, and I've got this big 4K pack that I'm. It's, it's gotten too bulky. Something just light, man. Um, let's see. I'm pulling. See, uh, this is why this is why I said let's record over the phone because my internet's not working. Because I was going to ask you about <laughs> one in particular. Uh, let's uh, see, the Echo. Uh, 
Yeah, I was just going to say, if you don't need the capabilities to haul crazy weight and you're just carrying a small amount of stuff, especially if you're running hounds and shit, yeah, the Echo is what we tell everyone to get um, for running hounds specifically because, you know, when I have a camera with me all the time, um, even with that Echo, I've got two Nalgene's because I drink water like crazy. I generally got the leashes in there, Um, basic survival, basic first aid, a camera, a sandwich, a knife some basic shit it all fits in there fine rides tight to your back you know it doesn't suck you know i don't wear a belt on it so i'm pretty agile climbing cliffs so i don't have a belt you know how a belt can kind of hinder um maneuverability you know i don't i don't i don't wear a belt with those smaller packs i wear that thing literally for the reason i wear an echo is because i don't want if i wanted if i needed a pack with a belt then I, I get it, right? Like, okay, I, I'm going to strap a lion to the pack. But for the most part, when I have that echo, I want it as spartan as possible, and I want to be as fast as I can. And so that thing makes the most sense. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to put that in the cart, man. Are those uh... – there we go. And we ship in like five days if that was your next question. We, yeah, yeah. Those ship out in four or five days. Perfect. Um <laughs> size that you don't have any odd odd question here man you don't have any youth packs do you like something that fits my my daughters are teeny They're yeah 20. like an e and e an e and e would be good um that's like a good school book bag type of uh you know your kid can beat the holy living hell out of it for uh-huh. four years of high school and not needed to buy a new one set on the website oh yeah i see it right there oh sweet those are pretty pretty cheap too yeah you know we that's a, an escape and evade uh, originally those were designed for pilots to go into their seat oh really yeah if they crash they have their, their little e bag in there yeah, kit. Yeah. um now they're used for all kinds of shit but yeah nice man that yeah i've been i've been looking for a pack for them for a long time they're they get pissed at me because i buy these cheap little camo packs wherever i can find them but they you know they just suck um well cool man i appreciate all that and again i don't want to make it a a big commercial here, but, uh, it's good stuff, obviously. Um, and the, I want to, let's kind of switch the conversation here. You know, what's weird, man. I don't, and don't take this the wrong way, but I'm like nervous talking to you for some reason. And I don't get nervous talking to people ever. So what the fuck? (laughs) It happened. Fuck. I don't know. Did that bleed? I'll fart here in a second. It'll take the nerves away. I promise. I just, I just poured some whiskey. So that should probably help out too. Yeah. I've got, I I just poured one too. So we'll be good. Perfect. Um, let's, let's switch the conversation for a minute. I I wanted to get your take on this whole issue in Colorado going on with the wolf reintroduction. Is that like, what's, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? Because it's been a big topic lately. And, uh, I, I mean, obviously I, I have a lot of opinions about wolves because of what we deal with here in the panhandle of Idaho, um, and, and I kind of see the writing on the wall, uh, but I, I wanted to get somebody that's super familiar with Colorado. Um, give me, give me kind of the lowdown of what your reaction is on it. Gotcha. So to, to just a little bit of context to this, I've been in, you know, Idaho, uh, some, some of Montana, a shit ton in British Columbia, the Northwest territory. So a lot of wolf experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the initial, try to break this down and not not chris throw the shit out of this right keep it quick um my initial like i don't mind wolves in the sense of wolves are a cool animal from face value Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. There's a big ass dog running around the woods. They howl. The, the, the preconceived notion that they're great for management is kind of fucked up to me. Like, depending on what your definition of management is, right? But like, yeah. you know, if somebody said, hey, we're going to introduce wolves with a strict management program, I could probably get behind that, right? I could at least understand it. I maybe not get behind it, but I could understand we are going to have this management plan implemented from day one with this wolf reintroduction. Maybe I wouldn't, again, necessarily like 100% be on board with that, but I could at least wrap my head around it and be willing to give a little you know, you got to, you know, give and take, right? Mm -hmm. What they did is so fucked up that it's not even conceivable how the under the sheets, behind closed doors, sneaking things in, um, you know, because the, the bottom line with the wolves, and I, I would argue this with anyone because I've seen it happen, you know, they're killing machines, right? They don't have a, oh, I'm going to kill two elk this week type of mentality. They're hard to hunt. Um, they're tougher than shit. Right. And mm. they are, they wreak havoc on, on all ungulates, you know, and it's pretty, you know, you don't want to watch a pack of wolves take down an animal. I mean, it's just not, it, it, I mean, it would wake, if we could show that, you know, do a reel of those and let, gr gr you know, granola heads watch that shit. I think they might change their mind, but yeah, but that's um, not, that's never what they show. They, that's never what they show. No, no, no. And I've gotten in arguments with people. I'm like, hey, I'm not against wolves. I'm against the lack of management of wolves. Like, I'm not against mountain lions, but I'm against banding, you know, dog hunting for mountain lions. I'm beginning. To, I'm against the lack of management for for mountain lions. Like, the thing is, is and you can go through history. There are vast, like, major peaks and valleys. Right, ungulates build up like crazy. Then the predators come in, decimate the population. Then they all starve to death, or most of them, and the ungulates build back up. And we're talking a mass expanse of many, many years, right? We're not talking a decade. We're talking, you know, multiple decades. Mm -hmm. And as humans, we are here to help negate that or, or take care of that. Just saying, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, and, and oh, look at the, the herd up in Yellowstone, and this happened – that shit's kind of crazy to me. And then the other thing too, if you look at like the, um, the herd or the, where this, I, I guess would originally came from or originated from was Rocky mountain national park had too many elk. And so they said, Hey, let's get some wolves in Northern Colorado and we're going to limit, you know, we're going to run the, the elk numbers down at work in Yellowstone. And I'm like, Hey, let's look at this in multiple different ways. What if, because we have to close the park down, right? If if humans were allowed to go in and hunt on very high dollar tags or, or lottery tags, and when you do that, you know over many, many years how much revenue is lost by how many people are coming into the park. So we know immediately what we need to make back or more than that by bringing in hunters to limit that amount of elk, like lower those po that population. Um, okay, so now the, the monetary aspect, no one is taking a, a kick in the dick, right? No one's getting mm -hmm. dinged on this. The state gets their money. The elk numbers go down. Um, and, you know, hunters get to harvest animals, feed their family. They get to kill a bunch of elk, feed their family, whatever. Okay, well, you introduce elk, or excuse me, you introduce wolves. There is no way to quantify the long-term damages of that. No one can fucking tell you that other than they will decimate the herd, 
to a very, very high or, or low population, high level of, of eradication, whatever word you want to use, with zero management, right? And now they're trying to cock block it to where you can't even imagine. And I saw this popping up where they're going to try to call it a canine where you can't even hunt them. I don't know all of the details of that, but it well, seems pretty yeah. shady. The, the entirety, if you read through the entirety of the uh, reintroduction plan, um, I'm drawing a blank on what they call that document, but there there is literally, there is no uh, place for lethal means for humans to manage wolves. Uh, essentially, yeah. there's not going to be any, by uh, under any circumstance, there's not going to be any trapping, any hunting. And, and uh, you know, for, for some of the folks listening that uh, might not understand wolves and, and understanding the difference between trapping and hunting a wolf, hunting wolves, the, the success rate on that is less than 0.01% of 1%. Like, like it is so low that the, the, it's not like you just go out there and you use a you know rabbit in distress call and you got all these wolves running in. It's, it just doesn't work like that because if that were the case, we have the tools here in Idaho to get these wolves back down to the objective number, which is less than 500 wolves. We're sitting at freaking almost 1,500 wolves here in the state of Idaho. That's because there is there is no easy way to hunt these uh, the, these animals. Trapping is quite a bit more uh, effective. We've got uh, like one of my neighbors here. He's he's super good at, at trapping. But when you have, you know, again, when you take outdoorsmen and a, and a percentage of them that are effective trappers or trappers in general, uh, that's that's less than one percent. And so it takes a heck of a lot of trappers out there to even even do any damage. We just barely here in the state of Idaho got to the point where we were able to trap and or hunt, harvest, whatever, kill uh, more wolves than are born in an annual on an annual rate because they're, they they reproduce like you know, fucking rabbits, 35, 40% a year. And so the, the point is, is when the animal activists got a hold of this, and I know there's a lot of people that are really excited about this 10 J thing that could, that could put a stop to it or, or slow it down or, or put it into litigation for like six years or whatnot. I, I just don't see that happening that because the, the activists have, have sunk their teeth into this wolf reintroduction to, into Colorado. And and the problem with that is Colorado is not Wyoming. It's not Idaho, where we have very um, proactive wildlife managers that, that run this stuff and are able to keep these activists at bay and not allow them to run the management systems and, and design the, uh, the the wolf management plan here, here in the state. Well, I'm, I'm speaking specifically for the state of Idaho. Um you don't have that dynamic in Colorado. They, I'm, I, I'm again, I not not to get political, but Colorado is run by a bunch of leftists. They're animal rights activists. They're like half of them are vegans. They they are not going to allow any kind of management. And and when you take a place ripe with that amount of elk as as Colorado is, and release a bunch of wolves, and these elk have never seen a wolf before. That's what happened here in Idaho. These wolves, you know. These elk, they didn't, they didn't know what a wolf was. They, these wolves were just running them down and, and catching it. Mean, it's like the elk let them do it, you know, because they didn't know to be afraid of them. It's, it's, it was a shit show. It's going to be a shit show in the state of Colorado. And it's so freaking frustrating because of the slim margin that this thing even passed uh, at this, you know, ballot box uh, wildlife management thing they did. What was that, two years ago now? And yeah. it, it just, it 
that stuff drives me freaking crazy, man. And I, I'm I'm worried for the future of Colorado in terms of hunters uh, being a bit because, it, you know, we all know what Colorado is now as especially like an elk or mule deer destination. It's not going to be that. And to your point where you were talking about the revenue potential, like if you were to allow some very specific tag holders to go into Rocky Mountain Park or whatever to manage these elk that are uh, supposedly out of control, I don't. I've, I've actually, I've actually never been to Rocky Mountain Park, man. So I don't, I don't know much about it. But um, so instead of that revenue potential, it's going to cost the state a bunch of money because at some point those wolves are going to get so out of hand they are going to have to figure out a way to get these wolf numbers down, and it, I, it's going to happen faster than people think. Yeah, no, I agree with everything that uh, that you said. Now, I've been to Rocky Mountain National Park a bunch, and you know my my biggest issue, like you know, I was saying before, alluding to, was it's it's not uh, what's happening; it's how it's happening, and the lack of research and science or biology behind it, and then uh, that there's no give and take. Right? It's pretty underhanded as far as what's going on. And yeah, so you know, if you ask me, hey, do you want wolves in Colorado? No. If you ask me, hey, with a you know very strict management plan, would you be okay with wolves in Colorado? I could I could deal with it, right? Like you know, gun to my head, I wouldn't I wouldn't be crying if if there was a very strict management plan. Mm-hmm. If uh, people said, hey, are you uh, you know willing to to testify or to make a statement about a management plan by outdoorsmen to lower the numbers to keep wolves out of Colorado? long term would you be willing to do that well yeah i'd you know cut a testicle off well fuck yeah i would i would definitely make a statement about that the problem is is those times are i mean it's ballot box bullshit right it's not mm-hmm. uh i don't even know why we're talking about it we're fucked but yes i i uh i'm not i'm not happy with everything well and you know to to the point you made about the like not having the management and and God, now I just freaking drew a blank, man, because I get so mad about this kind of stuff. But um, wolves are not what people think. And when you have people sitting in downtown Denver that are, you know, having a having a, a coffee at the Starbucks or, or eating at a vegan cafe that will have there, there will be no impact to their life for wolves. These are not cattlemen. These are not hunters. These are not outdoorsmen. And they're certainly not elk. So these people are making decisions on on stuff that has nothing to do with their life. There's no negative impact. And that I think is where a lot of like people like me get really frustrated with with the status because of the and and I I was frustrated with the reaction of hunters when they were talking about this ballot initiative in the state of Colorado. I feel like there were there were a few people out there screaming because I'm like you, man. I don't hate wolves. I kind of like having wolves sometimes on the landscape in, the, in from a sense of, and I've said this a million times. Wolves make the uh, the back country and the landscape just in general hell the front country. They've they've been across the highway from my place. Uh, they make it a little bit more authentic and a little bit more wild. And there's like nothing more eerie than hearing a wolf howl. You know what I mean? And so it, yeah, it's yeah. not that I hate them. I'm I'm not. And I, I caution people not to get on this uh, this boat and and start rowing this whole thing about shit shovel and shut shut up because there's a, a couple things that happen with this SSS crowd. Shoot shovel and shut up. I said that wrong. <laughs> but uh, a you're not going to shoot shovel and shut up. That it's just it's not that easy. I, I'm sorry. You're just not going to go find a wolf, shoot it, and shovel and and shut up. B 
it, it removes all credibility that we have as sportsmen when we're talking about people that care about conservation and want to be, um, you know, protecting the animals and having a balance in, in the ecological system and yada, 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 everything that, you know, model of wildlife con- conservation. Uh, when we say things like shoot, shovel, and shut up in front of a commission or, or all over social media, our credibility is shot, man. And so, th- I don't know. That's where I'm frustrated. Yeah, and some of the, um, yeah, I mean, I watch South Park probably too much. Um, if you ever watch the uh, the one where the people from the future come back and the rednecks are like, they took our jobs, uh, you got to watch it. <laughs> some of that shit is what this reminds me of. And I was dead in the middle. I don't know how old you are. We're probably closer to the same age. Right in the thick of things of the spotted owl crisis in Oregon. Oh, you yeah. Know, crushed my, my hometown community. Um, and you know, there was people saying, I, you know, I love spotted owls fried. Um, you know, you'd see a spotted owl occasionally up in Washington and, uh, Port Angeles hanging on the sign. Um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't help our cause because what it gives them is ammo to say, look at these dumb rednecks. This is why we need to step in. This is why we need to, you know, whatever. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, again, handling things on both sides of the fence, which is difficult, right? Maintaining your, you know, keep your cool, keep your calm, make educated statements when you're in public, right? Put your best foot forward. Um, I get it. You're, you're mad, you're angry, but you know, when you put that into public, the public's view, um, it, it does not help us. One of the favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes of a podcast that I ever listened to was, <laughs> and and I actually happened, I didn't even know this podcast existed. But it was it was between you and and Matt Ranella. Um, dude, oh, that was interesting. It was just super interesting, man. Um, and and I I ended up getting him on. Uh, I don't know, a few weeks after, I, I stumbled across that. Uh, and and it kind of it it goes to the conversation. Of what, like in Aaron Snyder's mind, um, looking at the atmosphere that is social media, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, dude, I I have a Facebook for the, the only reason I have a Facebook is to keep in touch with uh, some Marine buddies and uh, and and like family that live out of state, kind of thing. I can care less. Um, Instagram. I, I have an Instagram for this podcast. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing on Instagram and and uh, don't really quite get the whole whatever makes it magic. You know what I mean? So there's like necessities that I, I view it. But personally, I, I, I despise social media because of the atmosphere it creates and the atmosphere that that is like super hostile. Everybody's it's like a my way or the highway kind of mentality. And the people can say whatever the whatever they want without getting punched in the face, kind of thing. It's it's always been something that has bothered me. But I want to like you're Aaron Snyder. You you, you own Kafaru. You're you're one of the most prolific backcountry hunters uh, that that I know of. Um, and so you've got a really good pulse on the, the I, I don't know I don't know how to say that the cultural or what what should be an expectation for hunters in terms yeah. of how we behave as hunters on social media for the non-hunter out there does that make sense that was a freaking no, long no, way to ask it 
No, it does. And I mean, obviously with the photography side of things, hanging out with people who don't hunt, um, you know, the hunting side of things, the fitness, you know, there's all kinds of shit involved in all of that. Right. And, um, I, I, when you look at social media, um, you see, you know, you've got everything from everyone's perfect to hate pages and everything in between. And, you know, the big question comes up, like some of the hate pages are there to, in, in their minds and, and maybe they do like safeguard the community, which is funny because you're just, you know, it's like going into the Catholic church, preaching about Catholicism, who's fucking listening, right? They're already Catholic. You know, yeah. the, the, the big thing is putting your best foot forward, uh, you know, when you're out there. And so the, the things that I see are, you know, when people talk about, let's say long range shooting for archery, I don't foresee that as a, a big deal because anti hunters could give two shits what you range you shoot. They don't know what long range is. They're not hunters. How the fuck would they know if a 40 or 50 or 60 yard shot is far? What they do know is they don't want hunting in anything that looks negatively towards hunting. They will use as ammo. And when I say ammo, right? Like, you know, shit you might share with your buddies, but you would uh, not share on in the public and i've said this before like tongue in cheek but you know we masturbate every day you don't tell people about that shit it happens by default right you, we know it happens mm -hmm. but you don't have to share that on youtube or social media so do animals get wounded yeah don't post that shit do sometimes things get shot in the the head or or you know not the most accurate shots or a little more grueling things you know you know what i'm talking about right don't post that the, make the it ugly look, side. Yeah, the ugly side. You can talk about that on the side. You can talk about that in seminars. When I say talk about it, right, people educational, right, learn from it. But when you when you get on, uh, and Chris has brought that up with me, what does my page consist of? What I want it to consist of is, okay, I'm a very good, um, you know, representation, I hope, of wildlife management, photography, things like that. Like, I love the outdoors. I love wild animals. I love wild places. I also love to consume wild game and I love to hunt like crazy. I love to go fishing. Um, you know, and I have a life. I've got uh, five dogs now. I've got a, a normal life. I'm not this bloodthirsty mercenary that's just going out and shooting shit and keeping the head of it, right? That's the big thing that I you know. see. The trophy hunter. And, and like, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the trophy hunter. And when you look at um, one of my, my posts went viral, I think it's up to 50 million views. It was just me shooting a recurve at a foam target. And you want to talk about like a exercise and frustration and, uh, you know, like a ex, uh, it, like what, what would you want to call it? Exercise or a, it, it was it was literally me watching these posts about like literally this person is a this, this this guy's a horrible person right this mm -hmm. this guy should be shot his family should be killed whatever and it's a foam target and what it makes you realize when they say which i didn't give a shit i'm just reading them and learning is how blind these people are and how much they need to be educated like okay this is what we do this is we are not demons and what's really crazy is when they eat cheeseburgers and shit and they're yelling at you. So just educating people about that. And and yeah. I think that we're lacking without me running on the mouth anymore. We're lacking one 
everyone moving forward, rowing the boat in the same direction, not putting holes in it. We need to work on that. And then two, obviously, the education portion of this, like you run into somebody at the trailhead that that is anti-hunting. Don't just say they're a fucking moron and then move out. Talk to them, right? Explain who you are. Make yourself, show them you're a good person. Show them you're a good outdoorsman, that kind of thing. That's the thing that sucks about social media is you can't, the humanism aspect of it is gone. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to demonize. Like, like I can do it all day long. I, I get on Twitter, and, and uh, I, I, I just got the Twitter back, man. It's, it's pretty funny. I'm pretty brutal on Twitter. Because uh, anybody that listens to this show knows that I do not like liberalism. And so um, we there, there's that aspect of it. And I have to remind myself that these, these are humans. And, and if I was sitting in a bar having a beer and and this person was sitting next to me it would not be this nasty right and and so to the next extent or to the next level that's the same thing with hunting and and i think that it's really easy for us to just kind of fly off the handle um which again i'm guilty of uh and and uh the 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 outlook and the perceptions and the life experiences and the value systems and everything that people hold are very unique to that particular individual. And that's something that we don't get on social media. And so when you say educate, like the one thing you said, you know, it's the same people that might be eating a cheeseburger. One of the, one of the most, it's pure insanity. This lady, my buddy, Bob, he got attacked by a grizzly bear over in Montana, had him on the show a couple of years ago. And, uh, Bob got when you know it was like all over in the news you know big deal media story he had people sending him death threats because he was elk hunting he, he was over there in montana elk hunting got uh got mauled by a grizzly bear and sprayed in the face by bear spray by his buddy he had a rough day uh anyway yeah he's, he's getting all sorts of death threats on social media because he's in the news obviously this lady is like at this seafood restaurant uh, in her profile picture, right? She's wearing one of those uh, lobster bibs, you know, they put put around you, uh, and she's holding up these lobsters. And she's, like, screaming and yelling in this post at Bob how he's a murderer. And, and that's the kind of stuff, is that the kind of person you're talking about educating or, like, kind of expand on that? Yeah, so when you talk about education, you have uh... – you have people on both sides of the fence. You have people that are so far to the right, they have to look to the right to see the left. And you have the same thing, wackos on both sides. Oh, for sure, yeah. I don't give a fuck about those people. You're not going to change their ways. It'd like be telling me to not chew Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah I understand. I'm going to keep chewing it, right? Not going to happen. Yeah. More, it's more of the mid-road people, the people that don't have the knowledge base, the people that have are searching for knowledge. Um, you know, the people that honestly are eating chicken cheeseburgers and, and beef from the store of like, Hey, that did not die of old age. Like letting them know, Hey, we are just like you, except we go out and we hunt an animal in wild places. We still take the meat home. You know, here's my freezer, you know, it's full of meat. You want some here, you know, that kind of shit. Like, yeah, yeah the wackos, you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to change their, you know, their perspective on life. And, and I'll give you an example. Like when I do photo shoots or uh, I go into a mountaineering store that has people climbing Everest that don't, you know, they're not, 
one way or the other and they 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 see what they see on social or wherever they get the info from is to say you know they're like oh shit this guy yeah he's a backcountry dude yeah and we're bullshitting right we're talking oh you're a hunter yeah yeah i hunt man i hunt a lot actually it's it's kind of my life and, oh dude why do you kill animals and i'm like well man do you eat meat well i mean i eat turkey and fish and i'm like well man i mean look at it do those not have a soul like you you know if you're a religious person did, did god say you know fuck those turkeys and fish i don't say it like that but i'm like <laughs> yeah. you know they they've got a life too and i'm like man i don't do anything different than you do it's a matter of your optics and how you twist around that road of life i eat meat just like you do except i put in the work and that's where the explanation goes i'm like man i work out i shoot i practice and I actually care about conservation and wildlife management, meaning it is important to me for those numbers to stay at a certain level for sheep, goat, elk, mule deer. Like you, man, you're just saying, you know, I, I don't know about this. Like you eat animals, but you do nothing to help. And so you're one of those people that actually is hindering wildlife management because you could possibly be negative. And if you're negative, but you're also not doing anything, you're actually hurting things even worse because when I say negative, meaning you could potentially vote against something yeah. you know, important, you are voting with no information or bad information. And you know, usually in this conversation, people are like, oh shit, yeah, I eat, man, I eat steak all the time. I never thought of it that way. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah, the ones that run out to you and call you a cocksucker when you're walking out with a steak, yeah, though you're probably not going to change those people's minds. So. Yeah, and that's that's the, the extremists are never my concern. The activists are never my concern. It's a small group of people. It's just like it, it's like they're um, they're generally vegans, which veganism is a very small portion of the population. Granted, they're a very loud uh, portion, but it's it's one of those things where hey, I I don't I think. I, I'm not I'm I'm always leery of statistics, but the statistical data on veganism is 86 percent of them or so go back to eating meat within like 18 months or something. So it's just this constant cycle. So so those are not the people that I worry about. I, I want to ask you like the, the the optics of hunting in a like that person that you're you were just kind of making reference to from a sense of, you know, yeah, man, I, I eat steak and and uh but, but why do you want to kill animals? You know, that kind of person, I think there's a lot of those kind of people out there. Do you think that there has been enough like negative press from hunters? Because we all know when when somebody reads a review to go to a restaurant, they're on, uh, what, what is that, like Yelp or whatever. Reddit, whatever the Reddit, hell it is, yeah, Yelp, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can have 10 reviews. Nine of them are good reviews. But people are going to fixate on that one bad review. And for some reason, that bad review is going to hold more water than the nine good reviews in, in, to a lot of people. My wife's guilty. I, I pointed this out to my wife. We just rented this uh, this beach house over in Oregon that we're going to go to, you know, and, and, and there's like 100 reviews and like four of them are bad. And th that's the one she was fixating on. And I think that that's just kind of human nature. But when you translate that to like if, to hunting in the hunting community and when you when you look at like there was uh what was that instant that there was like this video that went viral where these these young dudes they wounded this buck uh i think it was like you know missouri or arkansas or somewhere down there uh and, and they're over there the buck's trying to get up he can't get up and they're kicking it and and they're like abusing this animal that is not that does not demonstrate what hunters are 
right? That that's just a a, a one one off circumstance of some asshole. But that video went viral. So now you have thousands or millions of people that have seen this and that's what they relate to when they think of a hunter. Do you think there's enough of that bad press that we've got a like a tall mountain to climb or or is there is there um enough good stuff out there that like that's maybe not as difficult as sometimes I interpret it personally because I, I feel like it's this big thing, you know? Well, and you know, that's a good question. And I get asked this a lot and the, and the hate pages have some to do with this in the sense of how much uh, without going down this deep spiral down the shitter that, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Cam Haynes, Mm-hmm. Stephen Ranella, uh, you know, whoever other, you know, wet, very well-known person has um, a lot. What Matt and I talked about on his podcast, it would be hard to make up for what those uh, three individuals have done for the good. And I'm not yeah. saying I agree with all of them, but they swing a fucking heavy hammer. And when I say heavy, we're like talking like Thor heavy. Like you can't fuck with Joe Rogan. Now, what is amazing to me is some of these, you know, hate pages get on there and blast Rogan and Cam and, and Ranella. And as I say that, Ranella doesn't fucking like me at all, Steve, but um, they are good for hunting. Yes. If, you know, when I, you know, they, it goes into a huge platform, people maybe makes them see, you know, a thing in a different light. You know, Rogan's on there cooking steak, Cam's running like Forrest Gump and Ronell is doing whatever the fuck he does, writing another cookbook, right? Like all good. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I, I can't say there's not enough bad that it's making a difference. There definitely is, but there's a lot of good as well. Trying to police our own as fast as, as fucking possible is going to be the biggest one. And I say that meaning like I saw some shit, some dude shot a mule deer in the face last year and posted it. Yes. I think I saw that. I, I think I saw that video. And, 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 and I saw the photo, it's like, dude, like if it man to man or man to kid, I would just say, man, don't do that shit again. Right. Like what the fuck? Like, why would you post that again? You jerk off in the shower every morning. What do you fucking tell everybody you did that? Like, don't show people this shit. That stuff is what needs to be policed for Western hunting to me, man. I, I, okay. I love this topic. Um, because I think you're right, man. You've got when you're when you're talking about you, you were talking about Matt Ranella there. He kept hammering on on Cam, which actually that uh, no pun intended with that because I I have this uh, like like twelve years ago this poster in my old office that said keep hammering as it, it was Cam packing out an elk right you know so, uh, but he kept hammering on that and and what I I don't think that and I, I'm not trying to pick on Matt here but. I don't understand how you can have this idea that these people are negative towards hunting because look at look at Joe Rogan man he has a way of normalizing hunting and 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 humanizing hunting because he's so articulate with that kind of stuff you know what i mean and so it's it's like it's crazy to think that folks out there that have these big following including you like have these big followings and whatnot you guys are good stewards and good for the future of hunting because i think that you have you all have a different approach and a way to normalize what hunting is we are not just a bunch of savage you know redneck beasts out there killing everything we see just for the sake of killing so going back to the policing our own concept and how how 
does one approach that in from a sense? Because you know how people are, man. I I sent like a private message to somebody. I was like, dude, that fucking video. He he posted this video. He was shooting at a whitetail. Hit the whitetail in the front left leg, right right at that. Uh, I don't know midway up. Leg starts dangling. And then the deer starts running. The buck, the little buck starts running. Deer, or I'm sorry, leg completely detaches from the body and kind of goes flying up and into the brush. And deer keeps trucking, right? That kind of shit is... It, the The reason I use that this story is because I've done that. I have done... I have made a bad shot and I watched the leg explode and the deer goes trucking off on three legs, right? And I, I'm I'm not one of those people that are gonna is gonna act like I've I've never fucked up a shot or I've, I've you know everything I've done is great because that's not the case. But I didn't post that on social media. When I sent a message, that guy was fucking pissed with me, and and he he told me to fuck off and you know it's not your business and and blah blah blah, and I was super nice about it. How do we how do we police our own? Like how do we go? We had this uh, conversation with Chris Rowe and Guy Duplanche on my uh, on one of our you know series that we've been doing. Like in your mind, what what does policing our own look like? Yeah, so and and keep in mind when I say this, both now Guy doesn't probably know me from Adam, but I know him and uh, Chris and I obviously are friends forever. Yeah, yeah. Their views on some of this are different than mine. Uh, Chris is a little more negative than I am, I would say. He goes off the deep dive. And I love Chris to death. Like, if he called me tomorrow in, I don't fucking, Ukraine, I'd go try to find him. But Yeah, yeah, me too. It's, it's not as dark as it seems in some ways. When you talk about policing, you know, if you are diplomatic at first, like you were, and I have been, like, hey, brother, Man, I was the young ones too. Please don't take this the wrong way. I am not talking down to you. But man, just do not do that shit. Think of other hunters. Like, show that to your friends. Do not, you know, spread the word. Like, don't show that. Now, if they tell me to fuck off right back, which has happened, mm -hmm. I'm just like, hey, man, you know what? I was young once too. I'm going to give you a little advice. One, I would not tell people on the internet to fuck off like that because you will run into them and there's a high probability they will kick your ass. So that's one piece of advice. I've learned that as well. Mm -hmm. Two, think about when, when you do this, would you take this to your church? Would you take this to your daughter's school? Would you take this, you know, if that is a no, then this is pride and youth talking. That usually will wake so someone up, right? Man, like, yeah, a, I wouldn't. Dude, that's, that's beautiful. That's, well, it's because I was a fucking idiot when I was younger. Yeah. I would have needed to hear that myself. That's pride in you. Mm -hmm. And so once once that happens, usually, like, and I, I don't want to act like I'm, you know, whatever, changing the world, but I try. And I've done dumb shit, too. And I am, I, I shoot a lot of animals, and I've made mistakes, and I've posted things I shouldn't have. But the way that I look at it now is, could I go with my wife and show her mom, you know, I love her mom to death and her mom is not really into hunting. She's kind of, you know, leaning that way now and her friends and not embarrass my wife by showing them what I did on the last hunt. Mm -hmm. If the answer is, yeah, of course you're good. I've done my job and I need to relay that to other people that you need to do the same thing. So here's some photos of us getting on horses or loading up the backpacks. Here's some amazing scenery. And, oh, yep, we did shoot an elk, and here it is deboned, and here I am, a, you know, a month or two later, 
cooking it on the Traeger, just like you guys cook burgers made from beef and, and explain how the circle of life works. That is what needs to happen. And sometimes do people do need, including myself, slapped in the back of the head and reminded of that. Yeah, we're all human. We all need that. Um, I, I'm like you, man. I've done some dumb shit. In fact, I am I am probably um, lucky from the standpoint of the law that there was no social media uh, when I was young. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and and that's you know that's that that could be everybody's story, but I really like that. One thing I always think about is like, okay, you've got this video or a picture, and let's say you're at Thanksgiving dinner, and you know how diverse Thanksgiving dinner could be with, you know, you've got Aunt Biddy over there and Uncle Uncle Bob or whatever over there, and everybody's kids and different you know new people coming into the family, their in laws, they're marrying in, they're just you know you've usually Thanksgiving dinner. Um, well, I mean, not at my place. We there's usually it's just usually me and my uh, wife and my my daughters at this point because we live way out too far away. Most people aren't like that though, and they have big groups of people. Would you show that to the group sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner? Like, w- would you show that on a big screen TV with all these people watching? And if you do show it, would it bode in a positive light for hunting? And or would it turn people off and make people think that you are just like this bloodthirsty redneck out to kill shit? You know, you know what I mean? I I think the way you put that is pretty damn good, man. That I, a lot of people can learn from that because that that's I think what the that when we're talking about trying to pursue policing our own. Um, keep bringing up Chris. Chris Rowe. Uh, he he has a he has a good he makes a good point with like the fishing community and how uh, they've kind of policed their own and now people are, are getting their hands wet before handling a trout or whatever, whatever, you know, fly fishermen do. Um, yeah, no, that's good stuff, man. That- well, and, you know, that, you know, when I look at this, I think of, you know, I was born, raised very small town. Well, at the risk of hearing more hate mail, not a lot of law. You know what I mean? Like we didn't follow a lot of like regulations or whatever back yeah, then. And then, we didn't either. you know, learning, you know, when you get older, you grow up, you learn shit. You don't do dumb shit anymore. Um, and and I have to remember where I was and I, I'm still not really grown up, but where I was 20 years ago and then think of, OK, how would I have wanted to hear this? Um, and, and, and when I say that, meaning I would have received it, right. You can hear all kinds of shit that doesn't, you know, you walk out the door and be like, fuck that guy. Yeah. So I try to look at it that way and not be degrading to someone. And even though they may need, you know, maybe an ass whooping every now and then normally they don't even fucking know they're doing it wrong because of youth. And that sounds horrible by itself, you know, right? Like you, nobody wants to be called old man or Hey kid. Uh, but occasionally, you you do have to say, look, man, in 10 years, you're probably going to look at this a different way. Just think about it. You're still my brother. Like what, you know, like I, I, I still admire what you're doing. You're crushing it. But man, you, you got to think about shit before you post. Most people are really receptive to that. If they're not, they probably do need conked in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a, it's just a great way to put it, man. I think, I think that that. What what do you view Aaron as like when you when you kind of take this look back you sit back and you you kind of view um, say the hunting community is is out in front of you what do you view as the biggest thing 
that threatens the future of hunters? Is it is it hunters themselves? Is it anti hunters? Is it you know legislative action? Is it you know commissions that kind of thing? What what do you see as like the biggest threat to the future of hunter hunting? Uh, man, that's a tough one. You, without uh, I know it's a broad. They're question. all kind of intertwined, but I would say hunters themselves are are a pretty big problem. And mm-hmm. obviously, there's a lot of things tied to that. But you know you can't really, you know, fix other problems till you fix your own. You know what I mean? Like I can't go fix my neighbor's, uh, whatever leaky roof when mine's pissing water everywhere. Right. I got to fix my own shit, move on. And we have some internal problems, whether that be the wrong foot forward, um, not enough info. I can go on and on. Right. Um, but antis, yeah, I mean, you know, at face value, like black and white, yeah, obviously antis are going to be the ones that cause the most problems. But if we give them less ammo, we speak intelligently, we get some good, solid representatives in front of us. Um, and, and again, like, you know, whatever takeaway, like keep, keep people from shooting holes in the bottom of the boat, that's going to be a big one. But, you know, I'm also barely graduated high school. I'm probably not the best person in the world to answer some of these questions. I just look at it, you know, literally from as many different optics as I possibly can. Well, I think, I, you know, I've heard you say that before. I, I think that one thing, what I really like about you, man, is like when I was in my, um, I don't know, this five, six years ago, I'm, I'm like, I started knocking on 40s door, you know, uh, and I, I, I start looking at, like this mentality that I had where everybody I was around had this thing where they got, when they got into their forties, you know, they start getting lethargic and everything hurts. They can't, they can't do everything. They can't do anything anymore. They start gaining a bunch of weight and all this kind of stuff. And it's not like I was thinking that's what was going to happen to me. It's just, I thought that that's what happened to everybody, you know, once they get to that age. And then I started like watching a, a bunch of your videos and listening to uh, to your podcast and whatnot. And and what I liked what I liked about you is I was able to shake that thought. It, it's like uh, what do they call that? It, like cognitive dissonance or some fancy term or some shit where you just have this mentality. Like some fat people, they 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 are that way because as a kid they were told they had to finish everything on their plate, and so they have this mental thing where they think they have to do that even as adults and they they don't ever learn how to control that or discipline themselves on that side and it's it was kind of the same thing where i just figured getting into my 40s i was going to be uh slower my knees were going to be just aching which i have a jacked up knee from from the military anyway but that doesn't stop me from in fact where my knee bothers me the most is when i sit around too much if i'm active knee doesn't bother me so anyway what i what i like about you and and the example you set and and you know sometimes you downplay what kind of influence you might have uh because i think you're just you know a humble dude you are the one that taught me that no fuck that the going into my 40s is is does not mean that i have to be fat does not mean that, that i have to be permanently aching everywhere does not mean that i can't keep doing what i do in fact it, it's changed my mentality. When I go out hunting with some of these younger dudes, I want to outperform them. Do I? Mm, not always. Sometimes I do because I've always been a mountain goat, but 
I, I, I could tell I'm slowing down, but I still get there. You know, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm even making any sense, man, but I, I just wanted to, cause we're, we're, uh, we're going over an hour here, but I, I just want to like let you know, I think that that kind of stuff is really important that you do because I, I, I think that without voices like you, I would have kind of fallen into that trap where I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 42 now. How old are you, Aaron? Uh, 46. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, where I fallen, I could have fallen into that trap and it's just, uh, you know, it's voices like yours that help prevent that for me. And, uh, shoot, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm in better shape than I was when I was in, when I was like 35. And so, um, how the fuck did we get on this track? What, what do we start? I don't know, but it's not a bad track. I mean, cause people that say that, uh, age is only a number is, are full of shit in my opinion, because, it is a number that reminds you of all the dumb shit you have done up until the point you are at now. But I'm not saying you should give up at a higher age. What I am saying is you've earned that age, probably. Like, hopefully, you've earned where you've gotten and you've learned. Like, you have a lot of, uh, well, you know, I, I when you, um, the, the difference between, um, like, you have a knowledge and wisdom. You can have a lot of knowledge at 30 you have a shitload of wisdom at 50, right? Yeah. You've earned some wisdom like when you've moved on. And so I feel it more than I used to. I've learned a lot. My job now and your job and Chris's is we're getting to be old farts, right? We got more years behind us than ahead is to do a better job than the people behind us at relaying a good message, whether that be stay in shape, stay fit, don't be a moron, right? You speak intelligently on conservation. Don't post dumb shit. That's our job now to do our best to relay that message without coming off as a total dick um, and help the future of hunting as best we can. And you can't do that when you're 25. I mean, you can, right? You can help mm -hmm. hunting, but you don't have that wisdom behind you. Um, and, you know, again, like I have people that are much older than me and some younger than me that I listen to, you know, as well, um, that are very, you know, they're just more, uh, diplomatic in some ways and, and help me think of, of, uh, look at things in different ways. Some of the military guys I deal with, they're better, you know, I'll give you an example as we're going off the deep end, unless you have to get off the, the phone. Or no, the, I'm good, the man. No, I'm good. Um, a guy I worked with military training stuff, super cool dude. Um, I had said something during all the training of that week long and, uh, it was just whatever, something I said. You know, a week when we after we were done, he called me. He's like, man, I wanted to talk to you about something. Take it for what it's worth. And I'm like, okay. Uh, he's like, hey, you know, that could have been perceived this way. And I know you well enough that uh, I don't think you meant it that way. But, yeah, you know, dude, like you got to watch what you see. You know, he was just trying to make me a better human. Yeah. Sometimes people will take that and just get super mad and not um, – not take it for what it is that sometimes not everyone, sometimes when they give you advice, they are giving you that advice to make you a better person, a better human and move forward in your life in a better way. And it is, especially for men, it is fucking hard for men to listen to someone, another man, tell them they're, they're potentially wrong. Right. Or, mm -hmm. or tell them that, you know, and so it, it was something and he and I are friends and, and, you know, I listen, I'm like, yeah, dude, I get, you know, you're right. And 
the the thing that I learned from that, as well as other experiences, is like if I call, I'll use Chris Rowe, and I'm like, Chris, dude, you crossed the fucking border on that one, man. Like you should probably chill. It is up to Chris to say Aaron has a ulterior motive, right? Like he's, you know what I mean? Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah yep, some motive. Sure. Aaron is trying to help me, or fuck Aaron, right? Chris and I are close enough. We do the same thing. He's gonna be like, man, let me think about this, reassess. Right. Let me let me let me take a step back. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Maybe he was right. Or he'll call me back and we'll talk about it. As men, for the most part, as men or humans, we have a fucking hard time of really self-assessment, constructive criticism and admitting guilt and including me. Right. I'm not I'm not saying this like I'm perfect. I have the same problems. Man, if we could do that as a whole, and I'm not trying to leave women out of this, but I'm just saying men are all fucked up. If we could do that as a whole, as well as in the outdoor industry, shit, man, we'd be it'd be smooth sailing. I mean, think about it. Yeah. You know, if I could call somebody and say, you know, I mean, I use Chris, Chris, whatever, or you know, someone else that I work with, um, mention something to him. We have a grown-up conversation. We're friends when we're in. We, you know, we you know give the pound, whatever the fuck men do. And uh, we move forward trying to be better humans. That is a fucking direction we need to travel. And it is difficult for us to do that, especially in the hunting community. As men, I, I think, you know, and, and, and to your what, what you mentioned there, you know, I, I'm a man. I, I know how men think. I, I don't know how women think. So I, I never try to speak to that. Uh, and, and so I don't want anybody listening to this to get all bent, bent out of shape that we're just kind of specifying it as men. This is a men, a man mentality because of that's what our experience is. So, um, I, I know that there is a lot of ego. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's like a musician. I'm a musician and, uh, it, let's, let's say I'm playing guitar and there's another guitarist there and he's like, dude, you're, you're not stretching you're not stretching the chord uh, with with that finger right, or or you're you're playing the chord too tightly, or what, whatever they there'll be a little criticism. What's interesting with that, Aaron, is like I ne I never get offended by shit like that when when it's like we're talking about playing guitar or playing drums. I play guitar and drums, but when it comes to hunting, you're I I'm I'm super guilty of this where somebody will be like, hey man, um that's i don't know inappropriate or you're doing this wrong or maybe you should try this and they're just trying to help me become better but and and you know there's like this sense of I, i'm i'm like upset or, or taking offense to it and i think that that is where i've noticed that as i get older that that starts alleviating alleviating itself where it's more of a I'm taking that individual's information that, that he is offering, he or she is offering me, and I'm, I'm going to grow from it, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to at least at the minimum take it into consideration. And that's, I think, the biggest difference. Like, like if you tried to tell me something to correct me, when, especially like hunting, uh, you know, something hunting-wise, when I was 25, hell no, right? It, it was just because I didn't have the, and I was, I was immature for my age anyway. So, um, versus now in my forties where, where like, and it, it doesn't matter if it's Aaron Snyder or Chris Rowe or my neighbor down the street who might have some good information. I just will never understand the mentality of not taking 
that information and trying to grow and learn from it. And, and I, I think it's, it's a good message for all, especially we could like start a, we could like start a man discussion, dude, like where we're, where well, we're... And, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I did a podcast with a guy named Jay uh, Volaton recently about this. Uh-huh. I was afraid to post it. It was like, you know, feelings and men's issues and childhood and shit and everything else. And I, I will say it was the most, uh, we got the most feedback on that podcast than any we have ever done, which is, you know, saying something we've done a lot. This one, and this was on your show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's worth a listen. I mean, it was a different direction. We normally went, you know, but you know, as we're talking about this, like you talk about hunting, I'll say I'm just as guilty as you, you know, somebody comes up and says, Oh man, you should have done this. And I'm like, yeah, but who the fuck are you? You know, shit I shouldn't be doing as a grown ass mm-hmm. adult. Right. Now, I've gotten better, you know, over the last four or five years, a lot better to where now, you know, I, it takes a lot, you know, say whatever. I don't get too, you know, jazzed up about anything. But if the person has, this is the way I look at it now. If the person I know has my best intentions, um, you know, when I say best intentions, he is worried about me at a high level. He has my best intentions in him, the back of his mind. I need to listen to him. If some asshole's trying to stir up shit, yeah, don't worry about that guy. But if if someone calls me and talks to me about something, different tactics or calling or gear, if they're a buddy or true friend, you better listen. Because if you are not listening and you bow up and be all, you know, manly, then you've got your own issues with that. And that's a that's another thing uh that you made a really good point there because there's a difference between people that are trying to help you in, and offer the, the advice to you, you know, man to man kind of thing that has your best intentions at heart versus somebody who is either a jealous or be vindictive over something or C uh, has some benefit of gain against your downfall. If, if that makes sense, if you will, you know, and, and, as, and so that, and one thing I noticed like nowadays I can really pick that out quick like I can really pick that out quick. I know I I just I can tell if there's somebody that has the best of intentions behind what they are saying in terms of like a correction or what whatever. I don't care if it's at my day job, you know, I'm in roofing. And so yeah, you know, we we, we talk about this kind of stuff a lot. Um it's like it's like part of the atmosphere, culture, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, um that that kind of stuff and I, I'm able to decipher the best of intentions versus somebody who's just vindictive. You ever get like you know you know what I'm saying with a vindictive thing? Like they they yeah. they benefit from your downfall in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I deal with that now, and I deal with whether it be haters or you know whatever people I've worked with, and you know, with that, not to make this a motivational you know man speech, but like you know one one thing that people need to really like think about is number one. Other people's words can only affect you if you let them, mm-hmm. right? And so, meaning, if there is no physical damage to you or your wife or your kids, you know, you are at what level that affects you. Now, physically, different story. Um, and I, I've had to work on this myself. But, we, you know, when you look at it that way, like if, uh, you know, and I'm going to bring up Chris again because we're buddies. If Chris starts some bash campaign, Aaron sucks or whatever, it is up to me to say, Chris has his own issues. I hope he, you know, wish him the best. And when I see him, we'll talk about it. 
Yeah. Or to say, all right, I'm going to fuck Chris up when I see him. There are people I still feel that way about. But what I have worked on a lot, and especially in the last three or four years, is, hey, you know what? If, if uh, you know, if he's doing that, he's got his own issues. Fuck, I should probably, you know, I don't want to make it worse. That is hard for men to do, including me, mm-hmm. right? It's it, That's me a too. hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think, I think that that is, I think we, I, one of the biggest downfalls as, as a, as an adult male, I, again, women, ladies listening, I, I really apologize. I'm not, we're not trying to, this isn't like a, you know, an all man show. What we're anything. saying is but, men are all fucked up is what we're saying. Yeah. You don't, you know, don't. <laughs> men are fucked up. We, we have a harder time with our own egos and our own self image. I think from a sense of success and, and, and especially in hunting, you know, who's the biggest badass? who shot the biggest bull, who shot the biggest buck or whatever. But there's, I, the, this, this dude told me one time, and this was like over a decade ago that the thing that will hold you back the most in life in terms of your success and how you are as a father, uh, how you are as a husband, all these things is your own ego. Your own ego will fuck you over more than the dude next door that wants to hold you back because he's jealous of the success you may achieve. And man, he was so right, man. It's your own ego. And I, I've been so guilty of that over the years, too. Yeah, I mean, it, I think everybody is. And, and I don't, again, you know, I get, you know, rightfully so people say I'm like arrogant or, you know, whatever. But, you know, the reality is, is some a lot of what I'm saying is because I've screwed up so much in the past. Mm-hmm. I've learned from what I've screwed up. And, I, and I've worked on that because I want to make sure I'm um, a good spokesman for not just hunting, but also other people coming up into hunting whether that be because of my construction background and then i made it into the industry or whatever but ego is a problem you know no matter what and and i see it constantly and i try to work on it as as well and and when i say like people have a different definition of ego like to me anyway from what i see everybody's definition of what ego is 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 a problem um yeah and when i say problem all of them are bad some people don't think they have egos including myself well, in the outdoor industry and hunting and everything else, like, can I go up to a person and say, hey, man, you know, I don't think your pack was fitted correctly. You want me to help you with that? If their immediate defense is argumentative, like, you know, digging in how they're right, you're wrong. You know, whatever you call that ego or whatever you want to call it, like that is bad. Meaning like if you came up to me and said, hey, man you should probably not run those collars for the hounds you've got. Like those collars aren't worth a shit. If my immediate defense is, dude, what the fuck do you know? And you've done it 20 years and I've done it for two. I have a problem. Mm. Not you. That's me. And that happens a ton in in life in general, especially with dudes. Well, and yeah, I I think you, you asked, you know, I don't know if it's ego, ego or not. I think it is ego. And, and I think that, I think that hunting is, Hunting just by its very nature is a lot of ego. You know, if you look back at at uh, Native American tribes and some of the legends that they told around the fire back in the day, it was it was very egocentric, right? And it just has always been that way. And I don't think that I don't think that all ego is bad. I think that there's a level of it that is necessary. It's when you allow ego to control you, that's when it becomes a problem. And and when you're looking at it from the hunting perspective. It's been amplified by social media. 
and it, it, like the glory of the Graham kind of you know concept that uh, that we've talked about in the past, where that that can feed into the ego and and it can make people pretty vengeful if they're not seeing that same kind of glory with their own through their own eyes and their own success and their own actions and and they're not seeing the results that maybe some dude down the road is. So anyway, no, this is this is great stuff, man. I I really appreciate. Um, the cons- uh, conversation, um, the photography stuff, man. I was gonna tell you, I talked my wife into. Uh, let's see, I want to pull your photography page back up because you have. Um, let's see here, AaronSnyder.com. Yep, I've got Aaron Snyder, Aaron Snyder's Gear Corner, and Aaron Snyder Photography. There it is on the Instagram. Yep. And this prints are those like canvas prints? What what are these prints you could buy? Yeah, you can do canvas or metal. You've got different options when you go on there. You've got one where it is. I don't know if it's sunrise, sunset, whatever. There's like this. Uh, uh, it's a moose. Uh, clouds are just like a prolific orange or whatever. Um, great picture. My wife wants that man on on like a canvas for when our house gets built. Yeah, gotcha. You can click on the link or whatever. I'll help you guys out. But yeah, the photography thing is crazy because uh, I didn't, uh, you know, you'd never guess I would if if I couldn't hunt tomorrow and I just photographed or did photography, I'd be just as happy or close to as happy anyway. Um, the photography thing is a huge portion of my life that um, I really have kept become Man, I just I can't get enough of it. I love I love photography. I don't know how else to say it. How how do you compare that like from a passion standpoint against hunting? Man, I, you know, as far as comparison, there are a lot of things the same. It takes a lot of discipline, it takes a lot of practice. You have to learn a lot. You know, you have to be you don't have to be fit, but to get the photos I want, you have to be fit. Um, you know, the only thing at the end of it is you have to walk away with photography, taking a badass photo and that's enough. And then you have to go eat beef right at the store with hunting, you know, you, you know, and the pack out and everything else. So they're not, you know, identical by any, you know, stretch of the definition definition, but I do really like photos and, and our photography. And one of the things about taking photos of other hunters is I get to experience both. And so a lot of times I will photograph a hunt um, and I get just as much or close to as much out of that because I'm photographing or filming or whatever a hunt. I get to help with a pack out, whatever. And it um, it it uh, is fulfilling, I guess you would say. It it seems that way. Like I suck at photography, man. Um, but I what I like, I'm always drawn to passion, people that are passionate about things. And, and I can tell you've got a lot of passion behind photography. Uh, you've been doing like some episodes lately about, you know, strictly about photography and stuff like that. Uh, I, I like it. I think I think it's like feeding your artistic side. You know what I mean? Um, and and that's part of what it is. But uh, I know I know a couple things. Like you're good at it, man. Um, you really are good at it. I I love the and it's probably because of how relational the type of photography you do is to my life. Uh, but there's like two dudes I really like seeing the pictures. Uh, you and I've got a buddy up here in North Idaho, Than Widner. Uh, he's a really good photographer as well. Um, and it, it's just it's an interesting thing for me because it's so foreign. Um, I take a picture, and I, everything I do to take a picture comes out wrong. 
And so <laughs> I think it's, uh, you got to have an eye and you got to have a passion for it for sure. No, you do. And I, I think that, um, it also helps in, in, in my mind or in my, whatever, my, in the last 10 years of working in the outdoor industry, um, it also helps the ability to put your best foot forward as an outdoorsman. Like it, it mm-hmm. definitely helps show other people, um, and anti or neutral hunters that you're not just out there as some bloodthirsty dude cutting heads off. Like it shows you care about the animals and you care about the outdoors. So it's been a big help for that with me just kind of spreading the word and and showing people what we're all about. Yeah. Did you, didn't you just do, you did an episode recently and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was not you, but I, I thought it was you that was talking about the benefit that you have with this photography thing is it's like put you uh, giving you access to people that normally you wouldn't have, you know, hung out with yeah. or, or, you know, who was that lady you were talking to? She's a photographer up in Alaska, I think. Yeah. Um, so the, it, yeah, yeah. Little bear. Little um, bear. Yeah. So yeah. Brooke is her name. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it's true. Like when you, um, you know, you think about it, if you're a world-class tennis player and a hell of a hunter, they're going to cross paths, right? There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. It's no different with photography, right? So, you know, if I have that ability to show people, even on social media, my photos, um, and when they message me about how can you take such a beautiful photo and and hunt or kill an animal, fuck, that's like the open door. Like, let me, well, let me give yeah. you a few minutes of my time. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I meant by that. And, you know, as well as obviously in person is like, Hey, that gives me the speak intelligently, let people understand what we're all about. And, you know, when you tell someone like, Hey, you know what? You went to the grocery store, you bought beef and chicken and fish. And I backpacked in and you don't have to backpack, but I backpacked in several miles, put the animal on the ground. I practice year round, which they can see in my videos, um, packed it out on my own you know, Hey, I'm not saying what you did is wrong, but I did not kill it with my checkbook. I killed it with blood, sweat, and tears, my own hard work, got it out. And that food tastes even better that way Mm -hmm. compared to walking into the grocery store and buying it yourself. And that is a big eye opener for people. When you, again, when I say that, do it diplomatically and professionally, when you do it that way, they're like, you know, I, I, I got to agree. Like, you know, I just walked in today and, uh, you know, I bought a pound of burger. I didn't do anything to deserve that animal. I killed it with my checkbook and, and you're just letting them know wh- what we're about. And then it's not all negative. There's like, I, I can't think of a better fusion of like this, this need for primal fulfillment through hunting and, and this attachment to nature and being a photographer at the same time, because that shows like, you know, on one side, it shows that, that you've got this primitive spirit. And on the other side, it shows that you have this appreciation for wild things, wild animals, wild, you know, th- that aspect of it. And to fuse those together, it would make you a really good steward when you do cross paths and you, and you do cross trails with, with the folks that do have questions about hunting and they don't understand it. Because let's face it, there's there's so many people, Aaron, in that, that have grown up in this country that have no idea what hunting is they they have no attachment to it they have they have never been to places that that you have been and 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 i have been and they have they 
don't know what that feeling is and the work that goes into it to, to do that. And so when you can mesh those two, because they do understand photography, they do understand a love for animals. They do understand the, um, the, the, the passion for getting the right shot as a photographer to be able to share that shot with other people that, uh, that can enjoy that, that moment that you were able to capture that is like permanent now in the world. It's like this permanent moment that'll forever be. And to, to be able to like combine that with somebody who also loves the primal pursuit of hunting might help it make sense in their mind. And that's, I think why it makes it, you know, your stewardship that, that much better. So man, I yeah, feel like I'm not going to hurt. Yeah. No. And I mean, what, you know, but it's not going to hurt, but I, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, as we're talking about all this, like if anybody listening in, listening to our ramblings, like it's pretty easy. Try to be a good human. And when I say that, if someone pisses you off, I'm saying let you, you know, let them walk all over you. Be a good person. Be a good steward of the outdoors. Be a good woodsman. Be as good of a photographer to show everyone what you're doing. Be a good outdoorsman. Be a good representative of hunting. If you do that, a lot of these problems are solved. And if you have questions about what that is, that is a problem, but can be solved. Meaning, should I post a photo of an arrow sticking through a deer's head? If you thought that was a good idea, you probably did not get slapped in the back of the fucking head enough when you were a kid. Yeah. Wokeism or not, right? Like that should have been taught to you early. If it hasn't, you're not a bad person. There are other people that can help you, lead you down the right path. And when I say right path, what maybe you or my or other people's version of the right path of putting your best foot forward. But again, if you do all those things, you think about what you post, you think about what you say before you do it. Occasionally, you might be wrong. We'll be in a lot better position in one, two, three years than we are right now with people doing dumb shit and posting it on social media for the world to see. Yeah. Yeah, man. So well put. So well put. Well, brother, I, I, uh, I promise you, I wouldn't keep you all night long. Um, I, uh, I do have one more question though for you. And, and I, I don't know if you know this, I'm kind of a smart ass sometimes, but fire away after being, <laughs> after being on Joe Rogan and then the Western Huntsman, I just want to confirm that being on my show is a bigger deal, right? <laughs> of course yeah definitely <laughs> what was, i i do have a question what was that like going into like the joe rogan studio is it, it it's like that little room man uh is it bizarre yeah, i don't um joe and i had talked and been friends for quite a while before that so mm-hmm. you know the weirdest thing was flying to la like i felt gay um you know i felt icky right <laughs> but um you know, other than that, you know, I showed up, he had a couple like, you know, former Navy SEAL, you know, bodyguard dudes or whatever. We shot the shit for a few. Joe came in, did the three hour podcast, shot the shit for a few minutes. He was going to go work out. I went to the hotel and that was kind of it. I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't, um, it was about what I expected it to be. And I, you know, I, I admire Joe and he's a very intelligent person. It was an honor to be on there, but it wasn't yeah. anything more than it looked like i showed up we bullshitted for three hours he's a fucking great human a guy i would do anything for i left and occasionally we talk now but um yeah i mean it was cool other than the la portion which is why he moved out of la 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually thought that you had gone. I thought you were like one of the first dudes to go to Austin when he moved there, but he was still in L.A. when you went, huh? It, it was right before that. Yep, right gotcha. before that. Gotcha. No, that's awesome. Congrats on that, man. Uh, just congrats on, uh, you know, you, you set a great example, man. Um, you 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 had like this uh, this great American story. Uh, and now you're the uh, the owner of Kafaru. Um, you know, you, you're doing this thing where it's all the, these American made products. They're, they're high quality. Uh, they, they come from a place of experience and, and knowledge. Uh, and, and you've got this photography thing going. I, I just, uh, you're just a cool dude, man. Sincerely. I appreciate, I appreciate you and, and what you do and appreciate you coming on my show. Yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate you having me on. And I got to say without my business partner, um, you know, I'm not the only owner, Without him, Chad, he's a super cool dude. The crew behind me, um, I would not be able to do, you know, what I do. It's definitely not just me. And, uh, you know, as I say that, Anders has been a huge part. Uh, He's running the company now. Uh, My marketing crew, um, you know, everybody at the shop has been amazing. And, and again, my my business partner, Chad, has been a stud. So the last thing I'd want to do is hop off here, think back, and think, boy, I did not mention anyone in that because they definitely keep my shit together, including my wife. Uh, if it wasn't for her, I'd be, well, I don't know what I'd be, but if she told me to shoot myself in the foot tonight and it would help me, I'd probably do it. So that's how much, uh, yeah. you know, whatever faith I have in her. Now, for sure. And I, I think that's what people appreciate you, man. We all have our haters, but uh, you got to be one of the most authentic dudes in the hunting space. So uh, really appreciate it. And uh stick on the line for just a minute but uh yeah like i said i appreciate you taking the time with a little lola guy like me and um look forward to, to to what the future brings man appreciate it no thanks for having me on dude i love what you do in any time and you are definitely not the what you say the, the lowly man believe me you and i um we we breathe the same air the same shit so i appreciate you having me on yeah for sure thanks man You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you 